Welcome to Wedding and Event Podcast. Podcast discussions for event professionals and those planning successful events. With wedding and event consultant, Toby Dodge, author of The Other Side of the Aisle, and Eric Zimmerman, DJ, Master of Ceremonies, pianist and band leader of ElegantMusic.com. Hello, everyone. The title of this episode is Memorial Presentation, Wedding and Event Podcast Episode 55. Before the printed word, knowledge was passed down through the ages by the telling of stories. Stories of a life well lived can have a calming yet powerful effect on those experiencing the loss of a loved one. Indeed, we can all learn from a life well lived. In this episode, Toby and I discuss the magic that a well-done presentation provides and how this applies to any event. And now, please enjoy Memorial Presentation, Wedding and Event Podcast, Episode 55. You had a couple of of parties and celebrations. Was it a funeral? Was it in a funeral home, or was no, it a... No, it was at the church that I play organ at. Ah, okay. So the service was there. What was a, uh, a complete joy was that there was a member of the family who took it upon himself to speak and represent the family. He had interviewed the members of the family uh, about Margaret, was, was her name. Uh-huh. As it turned out, he had gotten stories from, oh, I don't know, five or six people. He had something to say about Margaret. And then, as it turns out, Margaret, a uh, quilter, she's a... Oh. Somebody who puts together, yeah. you know, that type of thing. And so his analogy for the, his talk was the, the quilt that she had created of her life. And the oh, li- my gosh. And the lives that she had touched and the examples of this. And it turns out she was a pediatric nurse. Wow. And, uh, you know, loved kids and grandchildren were there and just the stories that came in. And, and he literally, he put this together as, wow. as a patchwork quilt, so to speak. It was really, really well done. Oh. Right there, that's the feeling I got. Funerals, believe it or not, are a reflection of the people that come. I've participated in only a few funerals where I actually was doing something for the funeral because they wanted to have a reception afterwards. Mm -hmm. So I went to the house prior to the services and helped set up. Not that I'm a caterer or anything like that, but normally they, they wanted to have a caterer in the house and they wanted me to be there to be a greeter. And if there was some ceremonial activity. Sometimes it's more than just a receiving book. Uh, Sometimes they've been asked uh, to bring a photograph, a favorite photograph of the deceased or the person who's being honored. And I'm in charge of putting that together Mm -hmm. uh, during the event, collecting them and putting it into a notebook. If they are going to be Sometimes there's toasts, but not the traditional toasts that most people give, but they want to have everyone gathered in one spot 
and to raise their glass to the person they're honoring, it's at that time that they tell stories. Honestly, I had never been to a funeral like that Mm. because it wasn't a wake, which you would do that before you have the service. But this was on the day of the funeral. And I have to say, I didn't know how that was going to turn out. It wasn't a suggestion of mine at all. It was the family. And they just said, you know, the sad part's going to be when we're, we're in church. When we come home, we want to celebrate and have good thoughts and feelings as we all leave. They did have music. A, I think it was a duo, harpist and maybe it was a violin. I, I'm not sure. The point is, is that you could see how when people came, because they had no idea what the reception was going to be like, mm-hmm. but you could see how they came in in a fairly solemn frame of mind as they knew about the pictures ahead of time and how when they gave me the picture and I, I mentioned, you know, we're going to gather in about an hour in the living room and now, you know, enjoy the patio and whatever. And, and it just slowly changed. It really did. And then at the end, when they had the toast and the stories Everybody left, and the vast majority of them were were in a very good mood. It was, it was I'm laughing because I, I was just so shocked because I had never experienced something like that. Mm-hmm. So it it shows that you can have special events and all different kinds of, I guess, formats and attitudes, and it. It just all goes with who is being honored and what the purpose of the event is. Yes, and and that's a perfect segue into something because it's a, uh, you can as a master of ceremonies, and I think you were facilitating the festivities here. So you were in a yeah. sense a master of ceremonies. Because I was people moving. You were people moving <laughs> and you were, you know, hosting yeah. and you were making sure that people had yeah. what they needed and you were yeah. taking care of people. Yeah. Okay, good. And that, yes, there was a certain tone level or a certain attitude when people for, came in. And I would think that it was appropriate, you yeah. know, that they, they had just said farewell to a loved one. And who knows what was said at the wedding, at, at, excuse me, at the funeral service. Right. Because I wasn't and, there. And right. what, was, what was said there. But then have the event uh, unfold and then monitor see the change yeah. in the guests. Yeah. That's just gorgeous. Well, put me in a specific position for that because I didn't know anybody. Uh-huh. Uh, I was referred to this family by a former client of mine, mm-hmm. and they didn't know if I would do this or not, but they thought I'd be the right person for it. I was just like surprised out of my head. When Sheila's dad died, he was this... Um, happy-go-lucky guy. He could strike up a conversation with anybody. Mm. Perfect stranger. And at the end of that conversation, he would have their their name and phone number and they'd be pen pals after that. I mean, that's, that's oh the, my gosh. the kind of guy he was. And he would, he, at dinners, you know, he would look over and he'd, he'd 
he'd steal something off of a person's plate, you know, and, 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 and eat it. And, and, and just... It was a character. He was a real character that way. He would always have something that he's eating. You know, it was a carrot, a banana, an orange. It was just, just something that he's, he's, he would have. At the reception, people were getting done with dinner, and I walked into the back, and I said, excuse me, but does anybody have a banana? Oh, and they gave me a banana, and I walked out, and I and I said, "Okay, so this is this is the speaking banana." Oh. And so I'm going to tell a story about about Richard. And so I told what I was going to say, and and this type of thing, and then I and I said, "Well, I, I would like to pass this banana to the next presenter." You know, and sure enough, you know, somebody would come up and I hand them a banana. And they stood there and they're talking with this banana in their hand. <laughs> and that's how it went. I just started the ball rolling and everybody was, was on it. Yeah. What was said was what really made the event. Mm-hmm. So I anyway. believe that. Yeah. This brings, actually, I don't know if it's a good segue, but it brings up a thought that in happy times, we often remember people that aren't there. Uh, when I've had many weddings where the family wants to honor a grandparent or a parent, whether they passed away recently, which is happens often, or that have been deceased for a number of years, but their presence still wants, you know, they still care about that person so much Mm -hmm. that they have to have a way of having them there without being there. I wanted to share this with you because a couple of families have done such lovely ideas over the years. So in case we have families that are listening that might want to include this, this might be helpful to them. Uh, in my case, in, in a wedding, usually it's in the ceremony area where they'll have a photograph, let's say, of a family with a little candle sometimes or just saying uh, in memory of. And that's usually when someone has passed recently. Right you know, within, let's say, a year or so. Otherwise, sometimes you have flowers, maybe a single flower that's placed on a chair mm-hmm. in the front row, and they'll they'll have a name tag next to it mm-hmm. uh, so that that seat of honor, so to speak, sure. would have been given to them if they had been there. Right. Then, of course, sometimes people will mention someone who's no longer with us during the ceremony, let's say uh, in opening remarks or uh, in a spot where it would be t- they would be talking about family and they would mention uh, that so-and-so is no longer with us, but they're in spirit and they, you know, would want you both to know this. And I mean, one time it was just unbelievable where the person who had passed had actually written a letter and the instructions were given to read this letter. Oh, wow. 
I know that uh, I, I don't know about that one. I don't know if I had been the bride and groom, if I could have handled it. Um, but the it was to to be uh, given on the wedding day. Mm-hmm. So the person didn't say during the ceremony or before or after. Um, I've had um, sometimes the family had a ring, a family ring. And they have given the ring to the bride or groom, depending on, you know, if it had been from a male or female. And they do that, hmm. uh, you know, uh, on the wedding day uh, to have that on their, not their ring finger, but on their hand uh-huh. as a sign of them being with them. Mm-hmm. I'm getting emotional just saying it to you. So I, I honestly can't imagine how, you know, brides and grooms were able to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, but so many of them, when something was given to them, whether it was a handkerchief or ring or um, something was said, um, you, you see the gamut. It amazes me how... Some people are really happy when things are mentioned, and others obviously are sad but grateful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I often wonder how long that feeling lingers. I mean, we see it visually as an observer, but I wonder sometimes if when they're presented with that ring or handkerchief or whatever, uh, if it isn't a comfort in, yeah. in some way to them. Yeah. And they just, they're just feeling better, even though at the moment it can be very emotional. Yeah. And uh, the only thing that I've said to parents, because they usually let me know if they're going to do something like that, because they want to make sure that the people that they want around, if it's done privately before the ceremony, mm-hmm. I've, I've often said, you know your daughter or son the best. If you think it's going to be a really emotional moment for a woman, do it before her makeup. <laughs> wow. That, there you go. That's and I know point. I'm laughing yeah. here, but it, no, no, it no. seems yeah. so insensitive. Well, the timing, but, the timing of this is, yeah, is, is very, the very important. Yeah, the timing is really important just to give her a moment, you know, and uh, because it's hard. Uh, now, sometimes you don't have a choice. And you have to do it later. And of course, if it's during the wedding uh, reception or whatever else, I mean, it's no big shakes. You just, you know, fix your makeup or whatever if you have a problem. Mm-hmm. But it's it's just being sensitive to, you know, giving the person enough time around the remembrance. Yeah. Uh, and... It usually works out fine. Yeah, I think memorial services are the time to do that type of remembrance and that um, weddings, mm, again, you know, it's on a case-by-case basis, you know, with with the family. Absolutely. Something that I observed at a a Christmas party, and this was a Christmas party for a, uh, a law firm, and these people have been with the law firm for 25, 30 years even more in some cases. One of the lawyers who had been there for a while, she had done an analogy, another analogy, of Dickens' A Christmas Carol. 
mm. where you had the ghost of Christmas past, past. Uh, present, and then future. She talked about the the ghosts, so to speak, that mentored her into the into the firm and took care of her. Wow! And when she ended, she and she says, and I can't help but feel their presence right here, right now, in what we're doing, huh. and, and that they would approve of of how well the firm is doing, how, you know, the progression of 150 years, a mm-hmm. uh, very established firm in Pasadena. And so it was just like, I'm just going, oh my gosh, you know, listen, <laughs> listen to that, you know. <laughs> Afterwards, I, I said, thank you for speaking in this way and underscoring the, the spiritual aspect of this. And she felt very, very certain or very, very uh, secure in talking in these terms in a public forum. This is really mm-hmm. a public thing. Usually some, when you speak about spirituality with someone, it's a private thing, and rightly so. And so I felt that I had the idea that, you know, someone that, someone that feels good about that subject and about uh, their certainty that they have um, about that would tend to look at a memorial service as a celebration of life rather than a loss. And they would tend to look at it as a, what can we learn from this life? Mm-hmm. And what, what do we take, what's the takeaway from this? Well, I also, from what you're saying, gathered that if she felt comfortable in saying what she did in the company of the people that she was with, uh-huh. um, kind of denotes that a certain level of intimacy with the group and comfortableness that she felt. And if they didn't, and if someone was uncomfortable, that's unfortunate. But I think the person who was sharing her feelings uh, felt that it was a safe place to do that. That's right. It seems like a wonderful place to work, you know, this this yeah. uh, this particular law firm, yeah. you know. Yeah. I don't know. I think of law firms as, you know, being stuffy and shirts and ties and things like this, you know, but there was this real humanity in the room. And and yes, yeah, support. That's really great. It's nice to know you can have those feelings shared in the right surroundings with hopefully with the right people. A, yeah, with the, yeah. yeah, with the people that would be accepting of that. I have to say, when you look back on special events, it's those moments that are very poignant. And most of them are very positive, of course, uh, that just draw you in Mm -hmm. and make them memorable. Once in a while, you have something planned and for whatever reason, it just doesn't come off the way you you thought it was no, going never to happens. be. It never no. happens. <laughs> you know, where someone isn't trying to be funny and they come off funny. <laughs> now that has truly happened. You yeah. know, or I have observed yeah. where <laughs> it's it's not so much in what they're saying, it's how they're saying it. Yeah, and how they, it's they, in the context that it's being yes, delivered. Yes, yeah. and, and they're as surprised as anybody <laughs> that, it, that it was funny. I, I mean, truly, I have to admit, I was one of those people that experienced that. I'm going to share something. I don't think I have mentioned it 
in this context. I know I mentioned it many months ago, or maybe now it's over a year or two. But when Bill and I got married, we had written letters to each other. Oh, I love that. Yeah. yeah. And, and saying why we wanted to marry each other, uh-huh. you know, what qualities we had and whatever. And we both had no idea what we were each going to say at all. And we had a dual ceremony where we had a rabbi and Bill's father, who was a retired American Baptist minister. You see, that's already funny. I know. Rabbi and and a Baptist. Some people would find that rather funny. But but, anyway, yeah. But, uh, and, and they did a beautiful job together. And even though the rabbi was the official officiate Mm -hmm. for the ceremony, uh, Bill's father was given the duty to read the letters. And I didn't realize, I mean, I know he was a minister, but he, he spoke so beautifully. I mean, I don't care if he was reading the phone book, he would have sounded good. You know, he had that kind of presence. And Uh I had never heard him speak like that before. So I was all, (laughs) I was already surprised. Uh And so he read Bill's first and it was lovely, very caring, uh, you know, made me feel really special. I mean, it was wonderful. Then he reads mine. And it was funny. And I didn't mean it to be funny. <laughs> I mean, I, ha- I swear to you, I had no sense that people were going to laugh. And, and while he was, I mean, truly... When, when he was reading it, I, I was thinking to myself, was I funny or was it the way he was reading it? No, seriously. Uh-huh. I mean, I, I, I was so stunned <laughs> that, you know, at, to the point where I said, I, I think I wrote those words, but it came out absolutely different than I had intended. And I mean, the meaning was there, but maybe it was in the order I said it. I don't, you know, wrote it. I don't know. But we had 60 <laughs> people that were laughing. Now, not side splitting laughs, but really chuckling. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. I just said, all right, I guess this is what I have to inspect, uh, you know, expect in life. <laughs> You know, that sometimes we just don't know the effect that we have on people. Wow. Wow. That's great. That's, that's really Well, it great. was. I mean, it was a nice, you know, unexpected thing. It was just a shockeroo. Yeah. You know, because I, I just, I didn't expect it. Yeah. And especially if you had heard the way he, the way his first name was Paul, the way Paul was reading Bill's words. And I just, I guess what it was is when he read mine, he went with the feeling that he felt it had in it Mm -hmm. because he was such a good interpreter, possibly. 
This totally reminds me of a Christmas service that I had was hired to perform at, oh, I, I guess it was a Baptist church or Presbyterian church. Yeah, Presbyterian church. Christmas Eve service. And so at Christmas Eve, they tell the Christmas story. You know, they, mm-hmm. they talk about the three wise men and, the, you know, the, 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 whole, the whole stuff. And I'm sitting in after playing and in between songs, and I, I am so into what was happening. And, and I had he- heard these stories all my life. I'm going, what is it about this presentation that was so mm-hmm. special? And as it turns out, this, this church is in Burbank. And it's like just a step away from the studios. And that everybody who got up and presented were actors and actresses. Oh. And that's that artistic factor I keep coming back to, you know, that I yeah. just so, so love. Or yeah. in this case... Paul, being yeah. a seasoned speaker, he does it yeah. every every weekend. Well, he hadn't in some time. Now, remember, when he performed the ceremony, that was 22 years ago. And he passed away at 103. Oh, my goodness. So he was in, he was about 80 when, when he did that. When he did that. And wow. he hadn't been on the pulpit for... 15 or 20 years. So that's why it was a shockeroo to me. Whatever he had, he had. I think once a performer, always a performer. And that uh, you gave him the opportunity to to perform, (laughs) you know, really. I guess so. You know, what you're saying is very true. Sometimes we hear the same words. Many officiates lament on certain readings that are always requested. It's not to say that they didn't think that the couple had any imagination or didn't give any thought, but the words that they were going to say to that couple just related to them, even if it's Mm. a tried and true or maybe overused to the point where people don't listen really carefully. Right. You know, sometimes I wonder, we all in, let's just say the Judeo-Christian religions say the 20, you know, the 23rd Psalm an awful lot in our uh, celebrations or ceremonies or weekly services. That's part of a lot of services. And I'm not sure what, what the quote is that's part of that psalm. I, 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 well, I'm it's okay. Thinking. But I, okay. I'm just saying there are a lot of people who know what that is mm-hmm. instinctually. Mm-hmm. So if somebody starts leading it, they know the words. Even right. though if they were asked to say the words solely, they probably would stumble. I see. But the point is, in a group, they know what the words are. Right. Uh, or songs that you wouldn't know the words necessarily if you had to sing them by separately by yeah. yourself, but yeah. in in a chorus, you just know the words. So this happens sometimes with certain readings that are so popular that I wonder if if people kind of turn off, that it doesn't mean that much to them if they've heard it often. However, there have been times 
when a couple will choose something because they really don't know what else. Mm-hmm. They're they're not that clued in to to readings. And so there's a list online somewhere and they say, "Okay, that sounds good. I like that." Uh-huh. You know, but it wasn't selected because of a deep relationship right. or memory. Right. However, these words coming from someone who can deliver them uh-huh. in a very meaningful way. I have actually seen brides and grooms, because depending on where I'm standing, off to the side, if they're facing each other at this point, and those words grip them yeah. in a way that they hadn't anticipated. Yes. It's just because when you read something and you say, well, that's nice, but when someone delivers them in a meaningful way, oh my gosh, the power of those words truly come forward. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's the value, I think, when you look at delivery mm-hmm. and you look at presentation, that this applies to anything at an event. If Absolutely. You, if you have the caterer who really delivers like a a well-done steak or, or medium rare or, you know, <laughs> or whatever it is that they, that they're delivering, you know, yeah. and that the service now, now that's part of the delivery mm-hmm. is that the person serving it and the, and the people that are taking care of and, and interacting with the guests, that's also part of the delivery or the service of this. And when you look at the flowers or, or the music and then all of that just kind of like creates the perfect atmosphere now for when someone who is the father of the bride or somebody who is uh, the brother of, of the groom and they're going to speak, or in the case of this guy who put together this quilting story, it is something that you'll never forget for the rest of your life. And I think that, that is the value. That's what you come away with. That's very true. I have one picture and I, uh, a photograph And I know I saved it. I'm not totally sure where I put it. (laughs) But in that one photo, it just captured a moment. And we've talked about this before. But I think it's worth bringing up now for the point that you just made. It was at a moment where everyone, you could tell, was enjoying themselves. So whatever came before or what they were anticipating or what they were experiencing in that very moment, it was a group experience. In other words, whatever came before brought everybody to that moment. Just like the story of the quilt, I will always remember that moment. Now that it's captured for sure, visually, as well as in my memory, but to have the, and I don't know if they showed the quilt. They did, did they have a, they see, did. I mean, wow, to, to have that quilt there and to be able to speak about that. That's right. Oh, that is really terrific. I know I have that photo to remember that moment forever 
I am sure in the memory of the people that attended the service, in their mind's eye, they can see that quilt. Yes. And and the feeling comes back to them. And how lucky we all are that we can have those moments and their real togetherness and joy and remembrance in such a positive way uh, that it, you know, whether it's for a happy occurrence or something that memorializes an event or someone's life. But uh, those, I think, are the treasured moments, not only alone, but with others, knowing that it was a shared experience. You have been listening to Wedding and Event Podcast with Toby Dodge and Eric Zimmerman. If you have a question, comment, or topic suggestion, please call Eric at 626-797-1795 or contact Eric by email, eric at elegantmusic.com. That's E-R-I-C at elegantmusic.com. Contact Toby by email, toby at tobydodge.com. That's T-O-B-E-Y at tobydodge.com. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and receive a new episode each week. Thank you for listening.